You're listening to the Simple Growth Podcast, the show that helps business owners get their life back. Here's your host, Mike Callahan. Hey, Mike Callahan, <laughs> back with SA Weekly Talk Show. Jason Cup, uh, back once again. Jay, want to thank you. Obviously, uh, we know we got a really compressed schedule here, uh, but we're, we're going to get into it. Um, I'm actually back in my home office, not hanging out at the uh, kids' daycare parking lot in the SUV. So, uh, <laughs> it is a good Thursday. Um, I know Jay and I were talking offline and, um, you know, we're looking at some different things that were the big pain points in a lot of the businesses we've been talking to lately. Um, so as always, Jason, he's here to answer those specific questions. Um, and Jason and I were talking offline. Uh, Jay, and you can probably elaborate, just seems to be absolutely slammed going out and helping these businesses in different industry business owners grow and scale their business, become profitable. So out of respect to Jason's uh, time in that, if you have questions, please keep them here um, on the SA page. Uh, he will check them. I will check them if they're directed towards me. Uh, but please, you know, be respectful to Jay. Don't bombard his email or his personal cell phone. Um, but put him in here and we're going to uh, we're going to take care of it. So um, at that point, Jay, you know, I, I'm assuming at this point, everybody knows you who you are. But um, if we got some new members for Service Autopilot or people looking at Service Autopilot, you want to give some just a beef, uh, quick background about yourself and uh, how you cut the teeth, cut your teeth in the industry, and then we'll dive into um, how to basically go out and create a culture with an absentee owner and how to maintain profitability in your business mm -hmm. and pricing in a hyper competitive market. Sure. So um, thanks, Mike, for having me. Awesome to be back online with you and Service Autopilot chatting for a brief period of time about cool and fun business topics. It's it's uh, it's a passion of mine. I love it. It's great to. Uh, I think we spend more time talking virtually like this than actually when we're at a, the, of an event together. So it's cool to see you. Um, <clears throat> for those of you that don't know, I owned a lawn and landscape company for 23 and a half years. Uh, for the last 10 years of my life or so, I've been helping small business owners in all kinds of different industries, including the lawn and landscape industry, better their business through profits, financials, HR, uh, team building, hiring people. Um, kind of looking under the hood and figuring out what's right, what's wrong, client acquisition, <clears throat> all of those types of topics are things that uh, I've, I've been doing. I love doing it. And now I, it seems like I spend a lot of time on the phone, a lot of time on webinars, um, a lot of times in educational events, online and offline, live and not, uh, just teaching people how to run better businesses. I love what I do. I love hanging out with uh, awesome people like you and trying to share those little nuggets. I call them nuggets. And my hope is, is that for however long we chat today, People that are watching this, they come away with one nugget that is a little bit of a different thing that they, a way they get to do their business better tomorrow. That's the hope. It's not big, expensive, uh, crazy ideas to get people kind of aligned. It's really nuggets that they can put into play tomorrow or next week that are easy to do if they're committed to doing it. Awesome. I know that's one of the things I love, especially watching your talks at things like Service Autopilots, SA4, coming up to SA5 now, those mm -hmm. executable nuggets to be able to take it away a day or two later and bring it and implement it in your business. So just a shameless plug for Service Autopilot. If you haven't bought your tickets yet, I know the prices go up October 1st. Uh, save 200 bucks. Check out the SA page. Uh, $200 off the SA uh, SA5 conference. Jason's going to be speaking there several times with Jonathan Toshnik, their co-founder. Uh, I'll mm -hmm. be talking right after Jonathan, Dominate Your Market Talk uh, on Dominate Your Market Part 2, how to actually take Jonathan's theory and implement that live in the software platform to go out and take what you learned at the conference and use it through the software to mm -hmm. hit your goals. So appreciate opening that up, Jay. Um, going into this, let's talk about company culture. 
Uh, how do we build that company culture? And then to build upon that, I know the dream of most business owners is hopefully to become an absentee owner and not at least be stuck in that day-to-day grind. Can we build a culture in a business um, and then have an absentee owner to keep that culture alive and running? Yeah, you know, so so the, those that um, that I know or that I've spent time with chatting with or maybe been in an event that I've been speaking at um, know that I have a tried and true commitment and passion towards building company culture. In fact, <clears throat> it's no surprise that this year, especially in service industry, our industry is one of the largest problems. I'm sure you've been talking about it a lot on this weekly talk show that people have had is finding good people to work for them. And that, to me, I'm experiencing that at the labor level. I'm also experiencing that even in some management positions. Very difficult to find good quality, reliable help that can come in and do that. One way to curb that, so for everybody that's listening, one way to curb that, one trend that I've seen for some of the people that are out there that are not having as big of a problem with the labor issues is to build a dynamic company culture, a culture where employees are attracted to you rather than you trying to attract to them. When you build a company culture, I have several people that I know in the industry, several clients of mine, that when they need people, they're coming to them. They've got people lined up that have submitted their resumes. If you're ever hiring, we'd love to come to work for you. And a lot of times the trend of the reason why is because of the way that they treat their employees the way the team feels at the end of the day, the common goals of executing the vision on the business. And culture is such a powerful, powerful recruiting tool. One of the things I'm going to be recording a video in the next couple of weeks and the title of it, I'll give anybody who's watching this a little, um, a little, a little sneak peek into it is that culture begins at the very first phone interview. When you are sharing your culture of your organization with a potential new team member and you do it from the very first telephone interview, you do it in your job ad that you're placing online, you're actually attracting employees that are not married to one thing. What's the one thing, Mike, that you think that most employees that join uh, a company in the service industries, what do you think one of the number one things are? It's not culture that they're looking for, and it's the wrong thing that they're looking for. What do you think it is? Well, I, I guess I'm not exactly sure where you're going at, but I think the employer believes it's dollars, and in, in that, in my opinion, it's not the case. It's more of a, a lifestyle fit or a cultural fit or what they can bring in alignment. Um, and and I, it's been really relevant, at least in our business, that paychecks don't matter once you hit those basic necessities. Right. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it, it, that's been the biggest takeaway for us. Well, I think you're the unconventional business owner. I think that most employees that go and try to get a job and they're in the labor workforce, they want the paycheck. They want the paycheck and then the employer talks to them about the paycheck. It's all about X number of dollars per hour. But honestly, at the end of the day, the greatest employees, the greatest team members, the ones that are going to uh, that are going to be a change agent and be an A player and come in and lead and not do in your organization, they're going to be the ones that, yeah, you know what? Money makes the world go round and you got to make a dollar at the end of the day. So you got to pay your people well. You got to pay them legally. You got to pay them fairly. All of that is a non-negotiable. But at the end of the day, most people that stick around in organizations, it's because of all of the other stuff other than the paycheck. The paycheck is two, three, four, sometimes five down on the down on the, the list. Um, especially with the younger generation, a lot of people are calling them millennials now and a day, is it's about the way that they feel working for an organization. 
So if a company has good uh, good cause behind them, they give back to the community, they support certain charities, they um, have a have a company softball team, they have company events, they they support families in need, they 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 volunteer at a soup kitchen, whatever it might be. A lot of the millennials in the world today, and even non-millennials, people that are older, they want the feeling of working for a company that's not all about money, that it's actually about doing greater things, the greater good for a community, for people. And so I think that that's super, super important that people who are watching this realize is that is that giving back in spite of in, in in the box of business is really, really, really important, and it's an attractive piece to a company. I remember when I was running my landscape company, we actually had a page on our website and it was a page in our in our contract that we would set out for design build projects. It listed all of the charities in the Kansas City area where my company is located, um, all the charities that we supported, things that we gave back to, a, a, events that we would attend. And that was something that was pretty cool because what it was is it was a soft effort, number one, to share our commitment to the community, but number two, it was also a soft effort to share with people um, that, that maybe if they supported that same organization, it was pretty cool because then they would want to do business with us perhaps over the competition because we happen to give back to a certain uh, you know, church organization or children's organization or homeless person organization. And we not just we didn't just write a check for a hundred bucks. We literally helped volunteer. We would help clean up apartment communities. We do different things like that. And we told that story and told it very, very well. So I can't tell you the benefit of developing a positive culture in a company and how it's an attraction point for employees. Well, like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. Want a free guide to secrets of simple growth automation? Head over to www.startsimplegrowth.com and click Get Started. We'll deliver our guide to your messenger. Plus, enter to win a free estimator chatbot. That's great insight. So not only is it benefiting you for, for dragging in and, and getting those key employees that, that are right culture fit, but it's also mm -hmm. helping the community to drive business. So a, a lot of times, and I think one of the key takeaways at SA4, if I remember, is you talked about um, some culture things that help develop that culture is to actually go out and maybe create a company fridge where we had food and things for, for pops and, and Gatorades. Um, mm -hmm. Are there certain key takeaways if somebody wasn't at SA4, um, <clears throat> you, you, you basically provided there that I know there was quite a few people, I'm, I'm assuming Brandon Peterman and Marvin uh, Sassalito or a couple guys watching right now. Yep. Uh, I know a couple of the guys in that SA network have tried some of the things you tried um, with yeah. great success. So what would be those key takeaways if you're watching this right now that you would recommend, Jason, to, to try these little bits of uh, culture? Yeah, so there's a couple of them and they really don't cost a lot of money. Um, that that it's it's amazing that when you so so here's a here's a nugget and it costs you a stamp okay this is probably one of the better things I don't know if anybody in our service autopilot ecosphere has done this one but I definitely have told this story and I know that I did it in my company um, so we we've got this great team of people in the service industry that are out doing the work every single day most of the time that team has a family back at home they're working in our organization to support a family, and, and sometimes that family has children, not just a significant other or a spouse. And so um, one of the things that we did is when we had an employee give one of our team members a kudos, they said, great job, or if I noticed, or one of our project managers or account managers noticed a kudos, something that an employee did that was just over the top awesome. 
Uh, number one, we would acknowledge that employee at a, at a morning roundup. So we would have a morning roundup out in our shop and we'd say, hey, you know, props out to Mike Callahan, who the other day did a really great job, you know, uh, pulling the trash cans up to Mrs. Smith's garage. You know, one of our one of our retired you know clients who really appreciated that. Those small little things. So what that does is that's peer reinforcement. You're doing it in front of the team. And what the natural human behavior is, the natural human behavior in that is, is that the people who didn't get the kudos wants a kudo. So then they start to think a little bit differently when they're out in the field, when they're working with the clients, when they're doing that work, and they literally can sit there and say, okay, you know what? I want the kudos at next Thursday's all-team meeting. So everybody starts doing these small little micro things that help move it forward. But the bigger key to the castle, and this is where you develop culture, is the owner of the business or the manager, whoever it is, you know, have note cards, have uh, note cards with your logo at the top of it or your initials or whatever, and do a handwritten note. Write that out and say, um, you know, just wanted to let you know that your dad, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your significant other, whatever it is, they, they, that a client and write a note out and write it to the family, write it to the family and mail it to the family. Because if, if you have the name and you, you get the Smith family, the Callahan family, the wife, the significant other, the kids are going to open that way. Mom, dad is at work. They're going to open that up and that's going to become refrigerator magnet um, element. They're going to talk about it that night. And all that's going to do is reaffirm and confirm that they're working for the right company. I got to tell you, Mike, that idea has nothing to do with the paycheck, nothing to do with the paycheck. It has everything to do with a feeling and an emotion that mom, dad, employee did well, and a family should be proud of that. And acknowledgement from the leader, the, the manager, the owner of the business to say that they did a good job. That's an easy one. It costs a stamp. That's it. Everyone that's listening to this can execute that tomorrow and make their employees feel like a million bucks. So. The reason I tell that big, long story, number one, I think it's a good nugget. Number two, it's also a feeling, okay? I learned a long time ago, and I'm not going to go down a whole bunch of different roads, that when you sell feelings, when you share feelings, when you elicit emotion, that is unquantifiable from a dollar standpoint. And so when you do that with your employees, with your team members, it's a very, very powerful thing. When you tell them they've done a good job, when you... Uh, when you, you you send something in the mail, when you acknowledge the fact that they've done something really cool, it's very 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 powerful. Wow, and it's got to be great because that that's just a, a complete reinforcement when they're back home with the family. And, and you got to imagine that's got to spread like wildfire on that crew. I think they're like, hey, you know, the, the owner of the company just sent me this handwritten envelope and you yep. know inside. So I got to imagine that's got to just reinforce that culture back at the home and then in the actual company itself. Uh, so that that's really powerful, and, it, and one of the things that that I noticed walking into um, Service Autopilot for the first time was the culture of a software company it was just a little bit different than a maintenance company, but they had some really cool culture that they had built at Service Autopilot that you just don't see in many companies. And I think part of the stuff you're talking about, just the little things of like in the lunchroom they have there, or the things on the wall or the cubicles. Um, we're not going to go down the road of, of Colby and testing, but they had personality right. tests like different color things on the cubicle. So, I mean, it was just, it was different. It wasn't like the normal uh, mm -hmm. nine to five place you walk in with cubicles. So I think when you can take suggestions like Jason's making and make your service business just different and stand out and empower those people through that reinforcement, it's just, it's powerful. It, those are the businesses, like you said, they want to come work for you. 
Yeah, absolutely. It, it creates a sense of attraction that is beyond all the other things. The other things I, I would be remiss in saying is, and I know that this there is a cost to this, but in um, so one of the things that I've done, especially and unfortunately, as you very well know, I'm not onboarding any new um, consulting clients and haven't for quite some time. Um, but when I did, I would sit and I would literally interview employees. One of the first things that I would do when I'd walk into a company is I would sit in the conference room as third party and I would ask them questions. Tell me your story. That's emotional. Tell me how you got here. That's emotional. Tell me what you love about this company. And then also, if you were the CEO, if you were the owner, what's one thing you would change tomorrow? I would ensure them confidentiality in what they would say. Um, so if they said something that was egregious, like I've had employees say things like, I haven't had a review in three years, okay? Not giving an employee review is actually anti-culture, okay? So if you are uh, a business owner out there and you're scratching your head right now going, man, I haven't given my employees a review, which means giving them feedback as to how they're doing, tell them how the way that, how that they can go and improve themselves. Um, and then also if warranted and if merited a raise, then shame on you, you're creating anti-culture by that act alone. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you'll never miss a podcast. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. But one of the things that is, one of the things that came out of those one-on-one -on -one, uh, conversations that I've had with hundreds upon hundreds of employees of the clients that I that I have would be this idea: the idea that most people that work in the service industry, um, they never would have ever guessed that they would have any level of benefits, employee benefits. So employee benefits, I know they're expensive and I know it's very difficult for a growing company to figure out how to afford them. But when you can figure out how to afford them, it's very, very powerful and it is a huge culture builder. So benefits would be things like um, an, a, a health insurance program or a health insurance stipend program or assistance, and I know health insurance is a, is a changing thing in the political landscape. However, there's lots of cool ways that business owners can get health insurance that's fairly reasonable to their business. Um, I've got one client who, uh, who, who cut a deal with a local physician, okay? So a physician's group to provide a certain number of physician visits per year for their employees. Um, so that would be when you get sick or Maybe if you want to have a physical or whatever it is, they're paying for that. That's a that's part of their health insurance plan. Yes, it's not if you break your leg and you go into the you go into the, the hospital in the emergency room, but it gives them something. And it is a slight culture, you know, element and it's not that costly. They were able to cut that deal privately. Benefits would also be a retirement plan, a 401k plan, a simple plan, a SEP plan, an IRA plan, all of those although they do have some logistics to them, which make it a little bit difficult, it is kind of a cool thing when they get to the point where you can offer that because most people in this industry would have never guessed that they would have had a retirement plan. So when you can be the change agent company that can provide a little something for retirement, even if that over the course of a couple of years is maybe a few thousand dollars, that's probably more money than they've ever saved in their life. And then they're going to have an extreme sense of loyalty to your organization. They're going to tell their family and friends about it. And guess what? Then you're going to have a different pool of people that will want to come to work for you. Yeah, and it would just be a chain reaction. So I, I know I, I want to make sure, especially with the compressed schedule, we get into the pricing strategy and profitabilities. Um, so just kind yeah. of closing out the culture thing. Uh, you mentioned a few things that actually hit me. Um, out of the you know in this conversation that i wanted to just get some some clarification so if, if we've never done reviews we've never done say a thursday morning huddle 
Um, mm-hmm. What would be the context if, if, we're, if we're a newer business or even an older business, never done this? Um, are we having a daily huddle? Are we having a weekly huddle? And then as far as the re- reviews, are those quarterly? Are they yearly? What's Where's a good place to start if we've never dove into these types of things? Yeah, I mean, a great question. So on the day, on the huddle, some some clients, I know some clients that do a daily huddle. They go through uh, the, the wins, the, you know, the losses from the previous day. So things that people did that were really great, people that were tough. Um, I think that you could do a, a, a huddle once a week and you could be okay. I know some companies that do it once a month. I think that's probably a little bit too far out. Sometimes the, those that are doing it weekly, they'll they'll do one huddle on maybe company news that's coming up. Uh, they'll do one on safety. They'll do one on leadership. Uh, I remember I went in one time and gave a talk on, um, you know, how to build your finances up and, and helping people, you know, just maybe put a little bit of money back and different things like that. And so, you know, huddles are a pretty cool thing. I think that you can do them daily. I think that might be overkill. Um, so I think once a week is best. If once a week is too much, once a month is, is good too. On the employee reviews, um, I think that a hard review, so that means... If you like this show, you might want to check out our resources at www.startsimplegrowth.com. While you're there, enter to win an estimator chatbot. Mike Callahan is available for private coaching.